Hello and welcome to the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge to live a healthy and happy life, to banish the years of yo-yo dieting, heal your relationship with food, make lifelong changes to your health by learning evidence-based nutritional techniques with self-compassion, mindfulness and behaviour change to feel more accepting and confident both in your mind and your body. We'll likely be adding a little bit of feminism, some sass and some humour along the way. I hope you enjoy and thank you for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. You're joined by me, your host, Rebecca, and of course, as always, my wonderful sidekick, Edith. I hope wherever you are, you're having a wonderful day so far. Now today, you're in for a real treat of an episode. (laughs) Do you see what I did there, you know? Oh no, in all seriousness, you are in for a real treat. We're going to be talking about Halloween and the difficulties that may arise with your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. And I think actually it's worth noting here, I had a really awesome conversation with one of my hero clients who has worked with me now for many months. And having come through the healing process of her relationship with food, she did actually acknowledge the word treat within her dietary approach. And those of you listening to this who have perhaps fallen into many different diets previously, perhaps associate the word treat with being a certain category of food. And this hero client wants it too. But she was saying now, after the work that we've done together, that she can actively use that language and actively use that word without feeling like it was a dichotomy or that she then followed with all or nothing behaviours. Instead, she used that word and it was completely nourishing for her. And that language felt more balanced, it felt more aligned and it felt more regulated for her. And I think just covering that here, because we're always going to be exposed to language around food, especially us Brits, you know, we love to talk about food and we love to categorise, pathologise, rationalise, explain our food choices. And if you haven't gone through this work, it is and can be very challenging psychologically because you are then questioning your choices. However, this legend client is now saying that she's done this work and she feels absolutely great and she can see food as a treat and that helps her make value-aligned choices. And the intent behind her action and her mindset is in a really, really balanced place for that. And I think that's incredible, right? But let's get into it now. Halloween. It's another time of the year that can be really tricky... (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to stop with those jokes now. It can be really tricky for so many people with their relationship with food, body image and subsequent stress levels. Maybe you don't have children like me, but you buy food in for the children that pass by. And those of you who do have children or grandchildren, maybe you go trick-or-treating with them and you take them to people like me who do hand them sweets. Either way, the exposure can leave many feeling very overwhelmed, anxious, and with these levels of dichotomous thinking, 
because the food that children are handed tends to be that of sweets, chocolate, doesn't it? Alongside that, many can also use this as an opportunity to go rogue on their diet. Maybe an overly restricted approach has been formed and this can be met with thoughts like, screw it, it's Halloween. Impacting then latter thoughts, behaviours and beliefs negatively around more things than just food. And I mean things like your self-worth, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, etc, etc. This is going to be a short podcast with some evidence-based strategies to help you around the exposure to these foods to help you and support you remain as calm and regulated as possible. And these evidence-based strategies should be implemented throughout the year to get you to a place of food neutrality where this food no longer controls you. But it's worth just doing a little bit of background now as to why you have this heightened fixation on food. Because we know that rarely, if ever, is food the problem. But food has been highlighted as the problem by many dieting approaches. A fixation on changing food, avoiding food, controlling food and perfecting food as a way of trying to, in inverted commas, improve our health. But these approaches never work long term. We have this avoidance of certain food that we categorise as being bad. Silly, unnecessary restrictions like not eating past 6pm. Only eating minimally processed foods. Huge fixation on quote-unquote good foods being quote-unquote on track. For many looks like a certain category of food and a set of behaviours that validate the behaviour of perfection. And you probably sat there walking, driving, wherever you're listening to me now, thinking, gosh, yeah, I've fallen into one, maybe all of those. And what do they have you do? They have you fixate on food. This is where that highlighting of food has been fed into you, so you hold this limiting belief now that food is the issue. And it brushes over the real aspect of health, the awareness, the understanding, these beliefs that you hold, and then the behaviours that you follow. Health is not just nutrition and exercise, but we categorise it into being just nutrition and exercise. And many people believe that in order to be successful, it's about calories, steps, and reps. It's not. It's intention mindset and awareness and forming behaviours that are supportive of you. However, with these approaches, food becomes a trigger for so many people. And with that limiting belief, I'm saying limiting because it's not a factual belief, it's a limiting belief that's holding you back that has been formed from all of these approaches, impacts your behaviours emotionally, mentally, and physically. Now, respectfully, temporarily, there may be times of the year that this approach can feel quote-unquote safe. And that tends to be when there are no social events, no daily stresses, no challenges, no difficult situations, nothing out of the ordinary. But let's be honest, that never lasts longer than a week because life Life happens. 
And it tends to look like Monday to Friday that feels safe and the weekend, screw this. And that's because your weekend is a little bit different. Maybe your structure's different. Maybe you've got children's clubs. Maybe you're seeing family. Maybe you're out more socially. But because you can't control the food and because you can't be perfect, it sends you into this all or nothing approach. So when things happen, seasons change, situations arise, this frenzy of dichotomous thinking, the perfection mindset takes over and basically says, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm going to tap out and do nothing. And the fixation of food then leaves many feeling out of control. If you cannot control it, it feels like you're losing control. So you fall into this again, screw this and end up eating everything and more in sight. And I say this having worked with hundreds of people who followed the same patterns of behaviour. It's built up from this limiting belief around perfection and the focus being solely on food. Here, at the Thrive With Life method, we switch the focus. Not only do we follow an inclusive diet, but we focus on the real issue of behaviours. And we support sustainable, balanced, regulated, value-aligned, autonomous choices. Avoiding food isn't value aligned for you, nor is it regulated and autonomous. It's formed from dysregulation from these beliefs. The language you hold, and that language has had you make decisions based on the myriad of methods that have let you down previously. So your language now associates food as being bad, and because you believe that is bad from maybe Slimming World who gave carrot cake 3,547 points, the minute you eat carrot cake, you feel like you failed. So you avoid the carrot cake based on a belief from Slimming World. It's nonsense. It's not balanced. You swing the pendulum from one extreme to the other and each leave you with heightened stress responses, food fixation and body image struggles. And I think it's also worth noting here that if you are constantly stressed, this lights up what's known as the lymphatic part of the brain, which is also responsible for some of your body image. So constant thoughts around food, constant fixation, constant food focus, the anxiety around food, around these sort of events like Halloween, any further overwhelm that is frankly unnecessary from these previous methods will impact your body image which is why you are left feeling low in your body and remember your body image is not a direct representation of how your body looks it's how you think feel and act towards your body so if this lymphatic part of your brain is on fire because your stress is so high because of the dichotomous levels of thinking around food that's directly going to impact how you think feel and act towards your body that's a physiological response within your body So each time, as well with this, when you fall into these silly methods, it strikes away your confidence, your self-esteem, because it is inevitable that you will give up based on the sheer extremities of these approaches. You cannot avoid food forever. You cannot be perfect with your diet. You cannot control food for the rest of your life. There is no long-term solution here. So you give up and you feel like a failure and you tell yourself a failure. You tell yourself you are not motivated. You tell yourself you've got no willpower. You tell yourself you're broken. What's this doing for your confidence? Absolutely nothing. 
But fortunately, it doesn't have to be that way. And like I I know personally and having worked with all of um, the hero clients that have been through the Thrive With Life method, the battle psychologically with having low confidence is the hardest, hardest part. And each time you fall into these and you strike away at yourself, you remain where you're at. But take this from an evidence-based nutritionist and somebody who has also walked the walk, who had the lowest self-confidence, self-worth and self-esteem, that it is possible for you to change. But that means a change in a new direction. That means steering the ship into a different journey. One that is making value-aligned choices, that makes considered choices towards your health long-term. There isn't a fixation on food, rather a change of your behaviours. And I know you listening to this now, you want Halloween to be a treat and a treat like my hero client acknowledged. A treat for the soul, for the body, for the mind. To be based around connection, fun, memories, a celebration. One that encompasses love, joy, And that's absolutely possible for you. So here are some evidence-based tips to support you with the current event. And in fact, any event, day-to-day, weekends, etc. So number one, consider your food environment. So whereabouts are you placing this food? What is the first food that you see in your environment? Is it the fruit on the side? And maybe the bags of Haribo, the bags of buttons are three cupboards up. And the first thing that you see when you walk into the kitchen is a loaded fruit bowl. Or is it that when you open the fridge, you can see your yogurts, you can see your your vegetables, you can see the protein sources, or can you see the bags of buttons and the packets of ripples? I don't know why I said ripple. I haven't had a ripple in years. But you know what I mean. Your environment plays such a large part in your choices and your decision making. And there was a really cool study that highlighted this, whereby participants were exposed to popcorn and apples. And the first group of participants had the popcorn in closer proximity to that of the apples. There was a significant increase in the consumption of popcorn over that of apples. It was then switched over whereby apples were in closer proximity than that of popcorn. And actually, that then increased the consumption of apples over that of popcorn. Our environment plays such a large part. If you are exposed to these foods and they are in close proximity, what can you do to change that environment? And I do not mean remove the food out of your house. That is not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying, can you make the more nutritious choices, the ones that you are looking to increase more within your close proximity and then changing where these current foods are. And what this is going to do is help take you out of autopilot. So if you currently have the chocolate maybe on the first drawdown and when you are highly stressed, when you are full of emotions, you always go to that first cupboard down. Can you change that location? Because what's that? what that's going to do is take you out of autopilot 
and have you then start to curate a pause. And when you start to curate a pause, you start to build on the self-awareness to acknowledge in that moment what it is that your body needs. You're then going to be more driven to be making the choices that are value aligned and that are healthy for you in that moment. This is fierce compassion. Like the soft side of compassion tells you to just remove the food out your house and stick a plaster on the wound without cleaning it first. And then that triggers what's known as the abstinent violation effect, whereby because it's inevitable that you will be exposed to these foods, like Halloween, you have a small amount of these foods, minor violation, triggers the brain to go into a frenzy and think, screw this, might as well eat it all, which is why you end up eating it all. Fierce compassion helps you make changes, helps you acknowledge that that behavior is not supportive and then making changes to your behaviors that are more value aligned. Number two, and I cannot stress this one enough, maintain a regular eating pattern. Skipping meals, missing eating windows because you think you may overeat is sending you into a spiral of overeating. If you believe you will overeat, you will act in a way that will confirm that bias because you don't want to be wrong. So you will skip meals, you will miss meal times, and you will use excuses like, I'm too busy. Every time you use that sort of excuse, and maybe it's about work, you confirm that work is more important than you. And unless you're a brain surgeon listening to this, work is not more important to you. You hold a limiting belief and a fear around overeating. And even if you do fall into overeating, the last thing you want to be doing is then restricting again to try and undo it, compensate it. Because what's going to happen is you would then keep falling into the overeating. Again, this is fierce compassion. It's helping you get out of your own way by getting up the next morning and having breakfast, by maintaining a regular eating pattern. Because what happens? You skip your meals in the day. You lack satiety. You lack fullness. You haven't met your needs throughout the day because maybe you've grown up in a society, like many people, who have been told that you shouldn't have needs, you shouldn't have a voice, and you should just crack on with your life. You get to the end of the day, you're exhausted, you're hungry. You're exposed to these foods in your environment, you then overeat them. You then tell yourself you cannot control yourself. You then tell yourself you're always overeating at night. What do you do the next day? Get up and skip breakfast. Run around after everybody else. Tell yourself you've not got enough time in the day and the same pattern continues. Having your breakfast is so important, especially if you're perimenopausal, menopausal, listening to this now, it is super duper important. And then maintaining a regular eating pattern. So that might look like every four hours, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, evening meal. You are less likely to overeat if you are satiated and if you are full throughout the day. Shockingly, I know. Third, include these foods in your daily intake. Exposure is key. And not at a time when you are tired and hungry. So not wait until 9pm at night, which is your current maybe trigger. Instead, doing so when you are satiated and satisfied. Maybe this could look like after your breakfast, maybe with your lunch. This is going to help then start to give you the evidence of the fact that you can eat this food with the balance, the moderation, and with autonomy. 
And as humans, we love to seek out the negativity. There will be times in your entire life where you've eaten this food and it hasn't always been met with this level of dichotomous thinking and it hasn't always been a trigger. But we never like to focus on the positives because we never like to celebrate our own wins. Rather, we fixate on the negatives. With this approach, we fixate and we celebrate the wins because the more we celebrate the wins, the more we lean into this, guess what happens? It increases our confidence. It increases our self-worth. It increases our self-esteem. And there is actual evidence out there. When we can look back and see the good things that have occurred within our day based on the behaviours and the choices that we have made, that has been shown to significantly increase our confidence. And when you're eating these foods, leaning into the mindfulness, leaning into the mindfulness-based techniques of slowing your pace of eating down, like doing so without distraction, not scrolling Instagram, not listening to this podcast. Pause me for now. Stop me. I know it's hard to do so because you love hearing me. I also love hearing me too. Allowing yourself to fully immerse in this experience. Make it a real, real treat for your body, for your soul. Allowing yourself to taste the food. Allowing yourself to smell the food. Allowing yourself to notice the texture super duper important and a repetition for the brain every time you do so. Number four, ask yourself this question. What would my future self thank me for? And I don't mean your future in 12 years time. I mean your future tomorrow. What will he, she, they thank you for? Eating all the Haribo? Or maybe she needs an early night, you know? Number five, start to gain some awareness of situations, triggers, events by leaning into a short reflection. And this could even come after the exposure to the food. And this reflection is going to help you come away from perfection and come away from this level of dichotomous thinking that sends you into weeks and weeks and weeks of being off track. So it's simple questions like what went well for today? Was there anything that challenged me today? How did I respond to that? So this could be maybe a situation that you were triggered at work like your boss sent you a really crappy email and the response may well have been, I came home and I ate four dairy milks. Okay, was that helpful or hindering? Hindering. What do I want to achieve tomorrow? More balance, more regulation. How can I achieve that? Get up tomorrow, have my breakfast. Lean into a pause. Move on. One thing am I grateful for today? And this allows you to show some gratitude in the time. It allows you to lean into the difficult times. It allows you to get up the next morning with your intentions and continue. It's an entry into mindfulness-based techniques. Namely around CBT, cognitive behaviour therapy, that supports you with making changes to your behaviours in certain times that you are triggered. It helps you override the beliefs and override the emotional distress that you currently feel with more value and light action. And the exposure to these foods is key, but the behaviours you carry out are more important than the food. How you are feeling eating the foods and your subsequent actions throughout each day. The biggest, biggest changes come from behaviours, self-awareness and intention. I'm not sat here Recording this podcast, having lost 85 kilos and kept it off for eight years by controlling, fixating and perfecting my food. I can't eat a slice of carrot cake and go out for a burger, have a pizza and not fall into dichotomous thinking because I control food. No. 
It's my mindset, my self-awareness, my intentions and my behaviours. And that's exactly what we do at the Thrive With Life Method. It's all evidence-based strategies. We take you through behaviour change that supports your emotional regulation, your self-awareness, the mindfulness tactics with nutritional strategies that support your relationship with food, your body image and value-aligned actions in pursuit of a sustainable goal. So times like this don't send you into a frenzy anymore. You can go into Christmas and not have levels of dichotomous thinking and not want to fall into the blueprint of life and get back on it on the 1st of January to wind up in February feeling guilt and shame. So if you're listening to this now and thinking, do you know what, I really want to change. I don't want to feel like this for the rest of my life. It's exactly what we do. We take you out of the trenches and we take you away from the depths of dieting despair and have you live in your body with complete awareness, with change that does support you. So when you lose weight, you keep that weight off. And I guarantee that. And that comes from behaviour change. And that comes from the work and the effort that you put in with the invaluable support that we offer. So thank you so much for tuning into this. I would love to hear how you get on with your Halloween and even different events with these strategies. So do drop me a message. And if you're interested in coaching, the details are below.